ESPN 94.1 FM at AM 930 present The Drive. Brought to you by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Local then, local now. Never FDIC. It is Thursday, January 14th. Your drive begins now on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. You can be a part of this program by calling the Miller Lite phone lines 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. Miller Lite holds true great taste, only 96 calories. It is the original light beer coming up today on the program. We're going to hear from the voice of the Western Kentucky Hilltoppers, Randy Lee. We'll catch up with him here in the next few minutes. He can tell us about what we can expect between Marshall and Western Kentucky. Also, later on, we're going to hear from the head coach of the Marshall volleyball team, Ari Agnes. The order of finish is out, and there's some uh, pre-conference honors already coming the herd's way. So we're going to talk to Coach about 535. So I've got her in a tight window and so we're going to hear from Randy in just a few minutes to talk about the game. And after that, we'll have plenty to get into, of course. Uh, probably the big news today. I, and I really don't want to get into the James Harden thing. I, that's just not me. If you wanted my opinion on it, great deal for Brooklyn. Everybody else got hosed. There's my, there, that's my, my pro take on it. Urban Meyer and the Jacksonville Jaguars, they're working on their deal. Urban Meyer making that jump to pro football. That is a mistake. There is my hot take. And it's not to say that Urban Meyer can't coach. Oh, Urban can coach. Urban can coach. Nick Saban can coach. These big-time coaches, they didn't get there because they just stumbled upon it. You don't win three national championships with Urban Meyer just because you know he didn't get lucky. Maybe you get lucky with one. Okay, you got lucky. You got really lucky. But two, okay, you, you might have something, kid. Three, you won three with the guy. Two at Florida, one at Ohio State. And you might think that Ohio State probably should have won more, but that's another argument. But you make that leap to the pros, it's a completely different animal. It is a completely different beast because it's not that the coaching is better you're not a better coach. If you're an NFL coach and successful, doesn't mean you can go down to the college ranks and be a successful college coach. I mean, just same skill set, different skill set, if you know what I'm saying. Recruiting is a lot easier or harder, depending on who you are. You got drafting. Maybe you have an eye for talent. I don't know. And then you can convince a group of kids to follow you what you're building. You're always building. You're always building something, and you're trying to build a culture, and you can get them to buy-in. And yeah, it's um, it's not easy being a pro coach because you got multi-millionaires and some highly paid guys too on that roster. More so in the NBA, the NBA is probably a lot harder. You have to be a spectacular people person and know the game to coach in the NBA. I'm not saying you don't have to be a spectacular people person and know the game to coach in college, but it's just completely different. I mean, these multimillionaires, they might not necessarily want to hear what you have to say as the coach. College, it's the coach's way or it's over for the most part, depending on the coach. So, Urban Meyer, all right, we'll see. Let's see what that looks like. What's the worst thing that can happen? A couple years, it uh, doesn't work out. 
he goes back to working on on being a college football analyst. You know, not being in the pros hasn't hurt Tim Tebow. He's doing well. He's a big name in college football, and there's nothing wrong with that because it doesn't mean that just because you didn't do well in the pros doesn't mean you're um, a bad athlete. It's just completely different, 100%. Basketball, we have that. We actually have that coming up today. Um, we have Marshall women's basketball taking on Western Kentucky. That's going to be tonight, Cam Henderson Center. So after the show is over, you, know, you can flip over to the student station if you like, listen to a little bit of that game. And uh, I checked on the play-by-play announcer. Uh, it's not my guy, the, uh, the sports information director himself, Jason Corrier. He, uh, he's not doing the game tonight. So yeah, I didn't get the memo on who is, so I'm, I'm not uh, telling you to tune in for Jason until Sunday. He's got the Sunday game. I think that's starting to become a running joke here, uh, just uh, me promoting only Jason. Jason and nobody else when he does the games. Yeah, not ESPN Plus feed, no. Not the, the Conference USA TV feed, no. Just Jason, the SID of Marshall University, also the basketball SID. That's the running joke there. We're going to take our break. When we come back, I've got the voice of the Western Kentucky Hilltoppers joining me, Randy Lee. Later on, Ari Agnes, head coach of the Marshall volleyball team. That's your show today. I'm looking forward to it here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. The Drive with Paul Swan. Marshall Athletic Director Mike Hamrick. He knows. Paul's the best. On ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. We are presented by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Welcome back to today's edition of The Drive. Our phone lines brought to you by Miller Lite. And joining us now on the Miller Lite phone lines, we have got a a longtime friend of the program, the well-regarded, highly respected voice of the Western Kentucky Hilltoppers. One Randy Lee joins us now on the program. How are you doing, sir? Well, appreciate that, you know, but I agree with uh, Mr. Hamrick. Paul is the best. There you go. That's another liner right there. You, <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that'll be showing up next week in the right liner rotation. Thanks, Randy. I appreciate that. I, I, I don't know how many times I've agreed with Mike Hamrick or not, but... Uh, you know, I, I do on that on that note for sure. That's that's golden. I I, I needed that. Thank you. That is, that is golden. Oh, you're welcome. Uh, you're welcome. I'm a I'm a little worried about this game for the herd coming up. Uh, Western Kentucky's yeah. is, is this a trap game? I, I don't know. Western Kentucky's really good. Marshall's had the, the trap God, game for who? <laughs> I, it's a trap for somebody because the herds had uh, a few extra days here to um, not see the basketball court due to the contact tracing and all of that and. You know, Western Kentucky's uh, looking like uh, it's going to be a strong contender. Uh, I, I know right now Conference USA is probably, you know, we still don't know, but I, I'm looking at Western Kentucky. I'm looking at Bassey. I'm thinking, who can stop that kid? Well, you know, WKU was the overwhelming favorite to win the conference this year. And based upon what they did prior to conference starting, uh, I think uh, you probably would have, you know, everyone would have probably agreed that. Uh, they would be the team to beat. They still may be, but as of right now, I don't think they're playing at that level. They had a great non-conference. They only lost twice. It, no one even came close to playing the, the difficult teams they played. They beat Memphis, Northern Iowa, 
went to Alabama and beat Alabama. Alabama still hasn't lost an SEC game. I think they've won five, all five of their SEC games. They had West Virginia when they were at full strength on the ropes. They had them down 10 with nine minutes to go in the second half and couldn't hold on for that one. So, you know, we felt really good about going into the conference play, and Bassey got injured a, a little bit in the Alabama game. I mean, he, he was fine the first week in conference play, but he didn't have his conditioning. He had been out about 12 days. So, you know, he, he played just okay. And uh, in the two games at Charlotte, we won one by a couple, lost one by a couple, lost the second game with a seven-point lead and two and a half minutes to go. Uh, lost that game in, uh, in overtime. And then this past week, uh, you know, it was a Tums tosser the first game, ended up winning it by a, a couple points. And, and then like Louisiana Tech did to Marshall in the second game in Ruston, they did it the same thing us to here. They were up 29-8. And finally, the Hilltoppers came back and had a chance to take the lead. They missed a, a layup off a missed shot with 13 seconds to go. Uh, the player was wide open. He just short-armed it. I think he was fearful maybe he would get his shot blocked. And we missed that shot and ended up losing that one. So uh, they have not played as well uh, as they did you know, once the conference, before the conference started. And I think it's really because conference teams, are out of, you know, we know how to defend each other. We see each other twice a year. I think sometimes those Power Five schools uh, come in against, you know, good programs like WKU and feel like, well, you know, we don't have to do any adjusting. We'll just throw our five out there against our five, and our five will win. That doesn't happen. Now, Rick's record against Power Five schools is awesome uh, here at WKU. However, when he's playing teams that have seen him year after year after year, it's a little bit more difficult for the Hilltoppers to score because teams know how to play them. How do you feel about not only seeing teams year after year, but unlike this Marshall set, because it's your travel partner, you schedule it a little different, but the teams in conference, you play them, and then you go to your room or you go home, depending on if it's a home or road game, and you go right back at it again tomorrow, and you got to put the same effort, if not a better effort, and you've got to adjust on the fly. How do you feel that at least Western Kentucky – is adapting to that. Did that lead to some of those uh, games maybe not going the way the Hilltoppers wanted? Yeah, I, I don't think anyone knows. I, I, I do know this. I don't know what, what else is going on around the conference in terms of conferences uh, playing like we are, you know, back-to-back days. But we've had 22, uh, I'll call them series, a Friday, Saturday, I'll call that a series. So in two weeks, we've had 22 matchups of Friday, Saturday, back-to-back. We've had 19 splits and only three sweeps in conference play. And the three sweeps were against, I would say, three of the four worst teams in the league right now, Southern Miss, FAU, UTSA. Everyone else has split. Uh, Now, on the women's side of things, that's completely the opposite. I don't know the exact numbers, but it's something like 13 sweeps and four splits or something like that. So completely different on the women's side of things. I think it shows you, though, there's some balance in Conference USA. And, uh, you know, no matter who was picked to win the conference, uh, you know, you've you got to bring your A game. And right now, the Hilltoppers offensively uh, have not had their A game in the last couple of weeks. Tavian Hollingsworth, who's having an all conference season uh, until the last six games, his shooting percentage in the last six games has dropped from 52% to 41. Um, right now, teams are packing uh, the lane forcing him to shoot jump shots, and double-teaming Bassey sometimes when he doesn't even have the ball. Um, so it, it's been a problem for us to score. If, if teams 
have been able to defend us without fouling. We've had trouble scoring the last couple of weeks. Uh, we get to the foul line a bunch, but if you can defend the toppers without fouling, make his hit perimeter jump shots, control the tempo, don't get it up and down, uh, that has been the effective way to at least the last two Saturdays uh, beat this team. Do you feel with the schedule being a little different, this is a Friday-Sunday. Originally, it's going to be tonight, but Marshall asked for an extra day, and Western Kentucky can kindly enough it allowed that. And then, of course, we get the, the game on Sunday here in Huntington. You feel there's a different energy. You're playing Marshall, Western Kentucky, Marshall. That has become a, a series you look forward to. Is there a different energy here, or – is it still just running a gauntlet and Marshall's just the next opponent? Oh, no, I think uh, the Marshall series certainly has. Uh, you know, I think when, when, when WKU first moved into the Conference USA, I, I really don't think they considered Marshall a rival in basketball. Not saying they were better than Marshall, but that just wasn't a rivalry game. It was just another game. Football became a rivalry game because Marshall was a team to beat at that time. And they felt like if the Hilltopper said, if we could – get as good as Marshall is in football, that we get a chance to be a contender in East Division, and they were able to do that. Uh, basketball wasn't the same at that time, but it's changed. Um, you know, A lot of it had to do with, uh, you know, Elmore leading the you know, thundering herd to the Conference USA Championship win and keeping Bill from going to the NCAA tournament a few years ago. Uh, you, know, uh, you know, also the series has been really pretty close the last few years and the other rival that people have just hung on forever is MTSU and MTSU has fallen hard times the last couple of years. They aren't the same team. So I think some of that, uh, you know, that really, Oh my goodness, here are the blue Raiders. You know, I think some of that for right now has shifted over to Marshall. Joining us on the program, the voice of the Western Kentucky Hilltoppers, Randy Lee coming up tomorrow. We got an early one tomorrow, uh, five o'clock tip our time. Uh, early even still in, in Bowling Green, uh, and then they get the Sunday game. Uh, as far as fan situation is concerned, uh, what's it look like at this point? I know Marshall's allowing limited fans in. What's the situation for Western Kentucky? Because usually the atmosphere is great for these games. Yeah, I think it's, uh, to me, uh, of, all the, of all the robberies in the conference, this is the best one in terms of attendance for sure. You know, we all know how great the crowds are at the Henderson Center, and they're the same here. So, uh, you know, that that certainly affects the atmosphere because everyone looks forward to playing in that kind of atmosphere. Uh, we're allowing, uh, well, not we, the, the governor's allowing 1,200 people. So that's what we have to go with. And the capacity at Diddle since the uh, renovation is 7,500. So, you know, it's about, what, 15%, I believe, is what it is. And, you know... Um, it, it's better than some other schools. Uh, now, I think I've heard for tomorrow night, we're not allowing any officials in from outside Warren County. So hopefully that will also help us. Joining us on the program, he is the voice. Of you the haven't West. heard that, Paul? I have not heard that. I did no, not okay. hear that. Right. I, I had not heard that. <laughs> I, I had not heard that. I didn't know how to respond to that, so... <laughs> <laughs> I was just moving on. Randy Lee joins us, the voice of the Western Kentucky Hilltoppers. Um, this is a fun one for sure. Um, what's your impression of Marshall? I know you've uh, you've looked ahead. You've been focused on, of course, the Hilltoppers. But uh, from what you have seen of Marshall, uh, what's your impressions? 
you know, I haven't seen Marshall play at all. I've listened to probably three or four or five games that Steve does. I love listening to Steve, so I'm, I would just prefer to listen to Steve than watch, you know, watch Marshall. I enjoy his broadcast so much. Um, you know, I did get a sort of a, a really good scouting report uh, from, um, you know, um, Louisiana Tech, and I didn't even ask for one. They came up and told me how good Marshall was this year, and they were telling me they felt like this was the most balanced and well-rounded team uh, that uh, you know, that they've had in a while. So, uh, you know, I, I don't know if, if you feel the same way, but they felt like it was Dan's best all-around team because they could do maybe some other things a little bit better than some of the other teams he's had. And if that's the case, I mean, you know, Marshall's going to be very difficult for anyone to deal with. I think the only thing holding Marshall back right now is this pandemic. To be fair, just the, the way that we have to proceed, and if someone comes into contact with someone who had COVID or if there's contact tracing or if there's one positive, and, and sure it's the same for everyone, Sure. Yeah, it's it's just it knocks you back, and so Marshall well, it depends upon who your players are that aren't playing. Too. Yeah, uh, yeah, we, we've been very fortunate. We have not had one game uh, at WKU that has been moved or canceled because of any of WKU athletes having uh, the virus. Now, knock on wood, uh, you know, hopefully that will continue. So, uh, you know, we haven't had to really deal with that in our program yet. Uh, now, you know, we have played two games against teams who had sort of a break because of the pandemic. In football, uh, Charlotte was moved back uh, a week, and then it was moved back three or four more days. And and we went to Charlotte in football, and they played like crap. And I think you could probably tell they hadn't practiced in a while. Of course, I think they had gone like five or six straight weeks not playing a game. So it was fairly obvious that game was over early. And the WK football team this year wasn't that good. So it really affected them. Now, in terms of basketball, we had played, I don't know, maybe five games. And, and Gardner-Webb hadn't played any. And they come here to Diddle and almost beat WKU in the first game of the season. So, I, you know, you just never know. I mean, Gardner-Webb, is, I think they had to play three or four games they were going to play before they got here. And they were scared to death because they had no idea what they were going to do. And they shot lights out. I mean, they shot something like 60% in three-point land. And then they go to the next game, and I think they were like two for 18 or 20. So you just never know. You never know. He's the voice of the Western Kentucky Hilltoppers. He's Randy Lee, and uh, he'll have the game tomorrow for the Western Kentucky side of things. Before we let you go, um, so what's the Western Kentucky take on Doc Holliday and uh, a possible replacement? Uh, Who would Doc Holliday's replacement be if you were hiring? (laughs) Well, first of all, on that, um, no one here. Okay. So no, 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 no one. Here, I would say no, no. I would say no one in red towel territory. Okay. Uh, when when I when I told them you know, there may be a chance, you know, if Marshall doesn't win, you know, the the conference this year, that you know, I knew I knew Coach didn't have a, a, a contract past July thirty first. I said, you know, there's a chance. No one believed me because they, you know, they were the dominant team and. You know, he was coach of the year. I mean, good gracious. So it was a complete shock to everyone in this part of Conference USA. Maybe everyone outside of Marshall. So I think that was the feeling in terms of the replacement. Um, you know, I, I'm only guessing, and I'm believe me, I haven't put any time or thought into it, but um, to me, they would go after maybe a, a guy with more of an 
sort of modern day offense, even though when Marshall's offense was clicking, it clicked, but they're in a tail end of the season, it didn't. And I'm only speculating that maybe they would go with someone with an offensive background who would be a little more wide open. And but I but I could be completely wrong. That's okay. I did see the list of like six candidates the other day. Yeah, I did too. Um, that's okay. We we are pro- all probably wrong. You know, we we all have a guess, and we're all probably wrong. You know, there's there's a West Virginian out there who uh, was not even you know put on that list that did very well at uh, at, at WVU is Rich Rodriguez. And, uh, he's of course, a, Rich has bounced around a little bit. But, he's already uh, taken, though. Took the job yeah. at, he just took an offensive coordinator's job at ULM. I could not believe it. That is the worst program in the Sun Belt. You know what's funny, though? Uh, no, it may not It may not be once Coach Bowden and Rich are there. But, I mean, you talk about a challenge. Uh, so I was surprised with that. You know, it's funny. I was at a, a doctor's appointment today. And um, I get to the, uh, the, the receptionist uh, to check out. And she's like, all right, what do you heard on the coaching job? I'm like, yeah, I really don't know much. She said, I don't want Rich Rodriguez. I know. No yeah. one does. Nobody wants Rich Rodriguez. No. I just brought that name up to stir you up a little bit. It's, it's uh, all good. Are there any like former are there any former players that you know I you know, I don't know if you know, Chad would ever be interested in getting into coaching. Uh, um uh, you know, there have been former players who have gone on and been like position coaches and done a good job recruiting that May want to come back home. Well, uh, other than the list you've seen, um, Chad has uh, politely said, uh, "I'm good" because he's a high school coach right now, and he's focusing okay. on that. And Byron Leftwich is uh, doing so well in the NFL. I think he's going to see where that takes him. I mean, he's probably going to eventually would be, take a big pay cut. Probably, yeah, he's going to be a head coach in the NFL. NFL I think one day he, mm-hmm. he's he's primed. Yeah. And if he's not, it's a shame. But uh, I mm-hmm. I like you know, and you know, he's hanging out with Tom Brady right now. So what more could you ask for? Well, that's true. Yeah, and he's got a pretty big game this weekend, so he's probably not thinking about coming back to bail off the alma mater right now. Is he? No, he's uh, he's got a he's got a different game to worry about, and we've got uh, we've got a fun game coming up tomorrow. Randy Lee's joining us, the voice of the Western Kentucky Hilltoppers. Uh, I'm excited. Good to talk to you. Uh, I will probably not see you on Sunday since I'm outside of all of that, but Bill Cornwell will be there, so you're, you'll be in good hands. Well, Billy C. and I are breaking bread together uh, with mask on until the bread is broken uh, Saturday night. So we will be we will be uh, careful. We've got a few other a couple other people coming with us. One's already had it, so you know it should be safe to eat with him. And uh, and uh, we'll uh, we'll have a good time Saturday night at a limited good time. And then or was Saturday night? Yeah, Saturday night. And then we'll be there early on Sunday. Looking forward to it. Be a fun one, Randy. Uh, thanks for talking to me. I appreciate it. Uh, we'll talk to you again appreciate real soon. You're welcome. Thanks, Paul. That's Randy Lee, voice of the Western Kentucky Hilltoppers. Ari Agnes coming up on the other side of the break here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Presented by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Guests with Paul Swan appear via the Miller Lite phone lines. We've got a busy phone line this hour. We just had the voice of the Western Kentucky Hilltoppers, Randy Lee, and now we welcome to the program the head coach of the Marshall Volleyball Team, the future champions of Conference USA and the world, Ari Agnes. No pressure there. Yeah, I think you just set us up for good success. I don't think it's pressure. I think it's a good thing. No pressure there. Um, 
You know, it's funny. We were talking about you yesterday. I don't want to use – because I have like 10 minutes here because Ari said, look, you're on the clock. 10 minutes, buddy, and that's all you get. <laughs> uh, I was talking about we you yesterday. That's the only reason. We, we get to start. We just got everything back, and we had to wait for COVID results. So we're just anxious. So we've got the girls. We're, they're all heading to the gym now, and, and so that is why. I promise it would not be a very important reason. And it is a very important reason. So oh, okay. that's the only reason. Okay, because I was talking to John Mercer and and for for like forty minutes yesterday, and um, you know we were talking about you, uh, just the fact that um, you know, you're so hard to get these days, and now we can get you because you've got so much going on. Uh, you're excited. Team was picked uh, second yeah. East Division, and Sierra DeBell is uh, honored once again with something else. Preseason All Conference team for the second year in a row. Um, I mean, where do you want to start? Because there's a lot of good things happening here. There's a lot of great things happening. I, I think that it's just, you know, you go from being ranked the year before and, and, and the team did everything they needed to do to earn a fourth spot. And I just think that it's awesome to be recognized by all the coaches. And it's such a successful volleyball conference that when you get coaches to, to vote and kind of put you in that, that lineup, it's just, it's awesome. And and I, you know, as a as a unit, we always want to be at the top. We don't need to be the underdog all the time. So I think that it was great last year. We we had a lot to prove, and this year we have a lot more to prove. And it's not pressure; it's a privilege to be ranked that high. Um, so so we take it, and and it's going to be great motivation. And we're going to do the same whether we're ranked last or second. But to come in right after Western and is is just awesome. And and we're just ready. Like we are so ready to play again. We're so ready to just give it everything we've got. And I know that the girls are just anxious to get out there again. Um, so I think we've got nothing to say, but good things. And as far as Sierra, I mean, if you ever watch her play, if anybody's ever seen her, she's, she's fun to watch. She's so casual when she plays, there's no stress. There's no kind of anxiety. It's, she's a phenomenally talented human being. And after her um, tryouts for the U S national team, something clicked with her and, and her, willingness to learn has has gone up exponentially so i'm i'm just so excited it's it's a huge honor for her but she earned it she's she's a phenomenal kid she's a phenomenal athlete stellar volleyball player and i truly just don't even think we've touched the surface of how good she is how challenging has it been to get to this point uh, we've talked off uh, off season for a while when you were doing things like trying to keep morale. Now you have actually something tangible. And if you follow Marshall Volleyball on social media, you know that uh, of almost of all the teams, yours is the most amped it feels like ready to go. Now you're ready to go. We are ready. It's, you know, I got to give it up to the girls that they, they have bought in from day one. And I think that that's just kind of how our program is, is that their program. So what, you know, you, you, you either buy in or you don't, and that means being really safe and being cautious and not going out and not doing things with friends or new people and keeping our bubble really small and, and working out in weird ways at home with different things. And, and so we've just, we gave them some space over Christmas because I think that, you know, you go, what, what these college kids, athlete or not, what everybody went through this fall is just tough. It, it's just really tough to, to not be able to do anything and not be able to hang out with people or not be able to go home because you're, you have older grandparents or something. So I'm just, they're, they're ready, but they've worked hard and, and we have stuck together as a team and we've stuck together as a unit. And, and I think that 
it'll it's just going to be fun. You know, we're going to have challenges. There's there's going to be huge bumps that come up. The same way today, we've just been waiting all day, and you kind of get it, and then you like sprint to go do something. So whenever we have the opportunity to be in the gym, whether that's competing or practicing, we're just going to treat it like it's our last every time. Conference is a little different this year. You have a limited schedule, then you're going to get really into conference. So how challenging is that going to be? Every every match matters, but even more so now. I think it's going to be really interesting. Um, playing back-to-back, volleyball in, in club and, you know, is very used to that, but we're, we're very removed from it. So I think that's going to be a challenge. But playing the same opponent twice in a row, I think, could be fun. I think that, or interesting, you know, fun is maybe not the right word, but like, I think that, you know, you only have to prep for one team. So you have such a singular focus going into the weekend instead of one prep for a Friday and then one for a Sunday. Um, the limited school, you know, I think it's, we've just got all that we're kind of trying to focus on here in the beginning and, and throughout the year because we do have limited numbers is to, um, prevent or rehab injuries as much as possible so that they don't get worn down because you play back to back and that's really tough on the box for any sport. Um, but especially if you're jumping and bounding and, and those kinds of things. So I think that's probably going to be a challenge. And I, I think everybody in the country is going to have to navigate that. But, um, but I, it'll be interesting this East and West division, it's kind of, you know, you kind of wish you could play everybody, but the top four from each side go to the conference tournament and, and, and I think you can then hopefully see the best of the best when you get there. And, and so that's just what we're striving to do is to make it into the top four and get to the conference tournament and then show everybody what we've got there. Is your coaching going to change? Uh, does it have to adjust? Or are you going to maybe go, okay, maybe I shouldn't start uh, someone today. I'm going to have to start on the next match, hold someone back. How are you using your depth? All of those questions. Uh, is it going to be different for you or – you know, are you just going to work through it and coach as you uh, see the game needs? You know, I think we just work through it. I, I think there are great times for strategy, and I don't think this is the year for it, <laughs> at least for us personally. Um, I think what we've kind of realized through COVID more than anything is just how you don't know what's going to happen that night, and you certainly don't know what's going to happen that next day. If you hold a kid back, then they catch a symptom, then they're out, then it's like, was it worth holding them out? And you just to me, whatever you're, you have that morning is just what you have to go for and put your best foot forward because ev- anything could change so quickly. Um, so whatever we've got, we're going to go for it. But, but the team has bought in. We've talked about it since all of this happened that some may play out of position. Some may have a different role on the team than they're used to. And, and they're all good with it and stay with it because it just means that they get to be part of this process. Joining us on the program, she is the head coach of the Marshall Volleyball team, Ari Agnes, picked second in the East Division. Uh, Western Kentucky, number one there. West Division features Rice as the top team, and of course, Sierra DeBell making the preseason team. This isn't the Sierra, Sierra easy for me to say. This isn't the Sierra DeBell <laughs> show, though. Um, who are you looking forward to seeing get out there? Um, I'm really looking forward to Destiny getting back out there. Um, Sydney, our setter, has put in some serious work over the, the past year, and I think that this will be a year, a season for her to shine. And we have switched roles for Sarah Shank, and I think that she is going to excel so much better. Um, we've got a freshman, Anna Calcagno, that I actually – we've just – you know, what we saw this fall and, and what we're kind of getting a hint of already um, – she's going to be really fun and she's going to be 
a big impact on this program. Macy McElhaney that transferred from WVU hasn't had a chance for anybody to see what she can do, but that kid is, uh, she's real special on and off the court. She's really, really special. And she is going to take us to different limit and heights and, and will exceed or push our limits. So it's going to be fun. It, it is going to be fun. I think the beautiful thing about being ranked second and only having one kid on the team, just means that we've got the whole package. We've got, yeah, Sierra's a stellar stud, and, and that's awesome, and she deserves every accolade coming to her. But when you get pitched second and you've only got one person on there, it means everybody else just does their job, and they do it really, really well. So I think there will be some new studs and standouts, stand and I think that's going to be exciting. Um, but we just play really humble and really well together, which is also fun. Ari Agnes, my guest, she is um, ready to go. I mean, seriously, literally ready to go because after you hang up with me, uh, you're on the court. You're you're um, you're ready to go. We're ready. Yeah, we got like we really just got all of the results, that, and so we're good. We can practice. We're going to get in there. We're going to have a team meeting, and it's we've just been sitting in the office waiting, and just got the clear, and so it's it's go time. Um, before I let you go, I have like eight seconds. Um, how's Jake's wardrobe? Are you working on that this year? Stay tuned, man. Okay. Stay tuned. We've got to outdo ourselves every year, right? So. So we'll we'll try to amp it up a little bit, and maybe you know maybe this is the year we get really creative because we've got to have masks on, so things can get kind of fun. All right, I'm looking forward to this. Um, tentatively, we're looking forward to this because sometimes I, I don't know, Coach. I follow you on social, and I follow Jake on social as well, and I, I think you're two of the best on social. But sometimes I just shake my head at Jake. I mean, I, I, I know I, I do that all the time. But you know what? He keeps the world going round here at, at Marshall Volleyball. So he just got really excited. He's right here. So he got very excited that we're getting a shout out. We probably need to tone it down to keep his ego down a bit. Yes, let's do that <laughs> for sure. Because he has no confidence problem whatsoever based on that wardrobe I see of his. None. <laughs> you are correct, sir. Thank you. I appreciate you uh, carving out 10 or 12 minutes for me and um, looking forward to it. We'll get you back on soon because we've got Xavier coming up here in a short bit and uh, looking forward to this season. Awesome. Thank you so much. Ari Agnes, head coach of the Marshall Volleyball team, she's probably slamming the phone down right now and heading out to the court because that's how quick they found out everything, I mean, right now, and now they're heading to the court to get ready to go. We'll wrap it up when we continue here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Thanks for tuning in to today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Coming up tomorrow, we actually have Marshall basketball. That's right, the Herd taking on Western Kentucky. That's coming up tomorrow. We start a little early. We start at 4 o'clock. 5 o'clock is going to be tip. You can catch that action right here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Yesterday on the program, I had John Mercer on, and today um, his um, tennis duo of uh, Liz Stefanik and Yuta Van Hanswijk ranked 30th in the ITA Division I Women's Preseason Doubles Top 60. And, of course, uh, I usually like to have this stuff on with John because – 
He's a lot better at pronouncing his players' names than I am. But other than that, um, it was funny. See, you know what? I think that's a little karma. You, you come on the show, good things happen to you. For example, Coach Mercer's on the show yesterday, and today his uh, tennis duo ranked 30th in the Division I women's preseason rankings. I mean, I'm not saying that this show had everything to do with it, but, I mean, it's awful coincidental that he's on, good things happen to him. I'm just going to keep forwarding that agenda until someone otherwise can prove differently. But, uh, no, congratulations to him. Uh, John's a good friend of the program. We appreciate him being on and uh, uh, looking for some good things happening. Now that we actually are getting more of these sports happening and more of these uh, student-athletes can get on their particular field of play, uh, volleyball's all set, ready to go. I mean, they probably have been like a – they have probably been – like a horse ready to go in the gate, just just ready to go and waiting, and then just shoot out of the gate like a thoroughbred shooting out of the gate is probably how they feel. Like they, they have just been ready to, hey, we want to race. Let's go. Let's get this going here. And it's off they go. So get finally we get softball going too. That'll be good. We get softball and baseball and everything else going. That will be good to see all of that happen. But I kind of like the volleyball schedule. I like it. I like this east-west stuff a little bit better. Be honest with you, I really think that that might be something to look at on a more constant basis because it helps with your travel. To be honest, it helps with your travel. And Conference USA is a different conference. It's not as if Conference USA has geographical common sense about it. Rice, North Texas, UTSA, UTEP, UAB, Louisiana Tech, and Southern Miss. Makes sense. Group those seven together. Makes sense. Go back and forth. The travel's probably a little easier, a little bit better. And... It sure beats Marshall traveling to UTSA or Marshall traveling to North Texas. Louisiana Tech, probably not so bad. Southern Miss, probably not so bad. But still, you're going to keep the travel to Bowling Green, Kentucky, Huntington, West Virginia, uh, FAU, FIU. So basically the, the Florida run. Charlotte, Murfreesboro, and and you're, you're playing in, in Old Dominion. It's a backyard. That's it. That's not terrible, really. That's that's not bad travel for what might be deemed as your non-revenue sports. So I like that. I'd like to see more of that. And, you know, maybe eventually you can do some crossover, but I really think that that's going to be better for the schedule. And, you're not going to see that strictly in, in all athletics across the board, but I, I think that makes more sense, don't you? Because after it feels like two conferences anyway. You feel like you're in two different leagues. You're playing in the East Division, and, and you, you understand what those teams are. And for the most part, if you're a Herd fan, it's, I don't know what your level of excitement is here for these teams on a regular basis. But as far as the Olympic sports are concerned, keep the geography as best you can. Now, I'm not saying deny opportunity, but 
my core schedule would I would basically okay I have six teams in the East Division I have to face let's do this and maybe you keep this format this scheduling format of a couple of years see how it goes because it's going to take some time for athletic departments to kind of recover and to rebuild and to recuperate. Probably not so much with the power schools, just because the television revenue is going to be a lot better. But the the money from the ticket sales, I'm sure that's put a dent in the pocketbook for programs like Marshall, Western Kentucky, Middle Tennessee. Your mileage may vary as far as how much ticket revenue you're really getting and how much that means to the program. For Marshall, I'm sure the ticket revenue means a lot for a program that maybe doesn't attract as many fans, like an FIU maybe, maybe Middle Tennessee, things would be better if they were attracting more fans. Not to say that, I just think it probably varies, but still, you're looking at a situation where you're probably going to have to to evaluate what you're spending here for a few years, just because we found out that athletic departments can't afford to bank money because you're, you're spending it out. It's, it's already spoken for. Yeah, what, what if, other than the essentials to run your program, and that means recruiting budget as well, the essentials to run your program and recruiting, contracts, that, that stuff, what if you just you banked a little cash for a couple of seasons? No, we, we can we can hold off on that that new addition to the athletic complex. Think about it. We can hold off on that new addition to the athletic complex for a year or so. We don't have to have a whirlpool every locker room in the football complex. Okay, maybe I'm talking Alabama here, but still. What if you bank some of that and just and held it back a little bit to ease your budgets? I get it. I don't think that's a bad idea. Just to, to find ways to, to save some revenue, have it, so when you have a situation like this, it's not as dire. But at the same time, you're trying to, as some athletic departments, some departments, you are spending what you make because that's what it takes to keep the athletic department afloat. What you have coming in is basically going right back out because if you're not, you're less of an athletic department in certain regards. And already we've seen a lot of downsizing, uh, combining of jobs, all of that. So I like these scheduling initiatives just to get back to that point. And that's going to do it for this edition. I want to thank my guest, the voice of the Western Kentucky Hilltoppers, Randy Lee, also Ari Agnes, the head coach of the Marshall Volleyball team. I'm Paul Swan. This has been The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM Flagship home of the Marshall Thundering Herd and The Drive with Paul Swan, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930.